Sure, and beyond. Uh, but right now, before we uh, get uh, before it gets too hectic, onto the NBA we go, and out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports center by Michael Pena of the Ringer, and Michael, good to have you on the show once again. And first up, what was your reaction to John Morant being suspended for eight games? Yeah, I don't think that that was necessarily a, a huge surprise. Um, he stepped away from basketball and from the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, I guess the team sent him away uh, after the video was revealed of him at the uh, strip club in Denver holding a gun. And, you know, it's just obviously a very unfortunate incident. Obviously, John needs to get as much help as he can. He's one of the faces of the entire NBA, and there's a lot riding on his future for the league and for the Memphis Grizzlies and obviously for himself. Um, so the suspension wasn't very surprising at all, given what transpired. And I think a lot of people are just looking forward to uh, him getting back on the court and watching him play basketball and being a healthy human being. Was eight games enough, or you know, what, what was your you know the length of the suspension? You know, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, you know, for that type of situation where I don't believe he was charged with anything, um, there have been a lot of allegations that he has denied and. His representation has denied. Uh, so I don't, I think eight games is fine. I, you know, I don't really get too bogged down in the number there. Um, it's kind of tacked on to or what he has already, quote unquote, served in terms of his time away is included in that eight games. So it is what it is, I suppose. The fact that it's not paid is. A little revelatory, but uh, but yeah, it seems like a fine number, I suppose. All right. So between Morant's recent actions and the Grizzlies' decline in play before that, uh, yeah, you know, they are in a current three-game winning streak right now. But how do you look at Memphis moving forward for the rest of the season? Yeah, it's going to be really difficult for them to replicate what they did last year getting to the second round and really pushing the eventual champion Golden State Warriors. I mean, Memphis's bread and butter, their identity is their defense, uh, their front court depth, and just their ability to bully you on the offensive glass. And so not having Stephen Adams for an extended period, you know, he had an injection in his knee. He's not going to be back for a few more weeks. He integral to how they play um, and who they are. Uh, they'll miss him. The fact that Brandon Clark is gone with a torn Achilles, he was a very, very, very important for yep. uh, them last year in the postseason, made critical plays off the bench. And, you know, with Adams out, his role is only increased, so they're going to miss him. And then, you know, we'll see – what Ja looks like. I don't think Ja will be, you know, not an all-star when he gets back to the he'll still be an amazing player, but just like when will that be and where will they be? You know, they'll either be two or three in the standing, so that's fine, but, you know, they'll have to go up against the Clippers or 
the Golden State Warriors or maybe even the Phoenix Suns in round one. Like, that's going to be very difficult. The Western Conference has a lot of pretty good teams in it that can really turn on the Jets uh, in the next coming weeks. So, you know, I think Memphis is in kind of a little bit of a trouble short term. Speaking of the Western Conference, you know, Denver had been cruising atop this conference before the current four-game losing streak heading into tonight's game against Detroit. The Nuggets' recent slide, is that reason for concern or no big deal in your mind? You know, I think that uh, it's not great <laughs> if you're Denver. Um, I think that Jokic has played amazing, but uh, – Teams are having a little bit of success uh, defending him with big teams that have big wings. They're throwing their big wings on him and kind of forcing him to be more of a scorer than he typically would like to be. That's bothered him. I think the real issue is obviously uh, their defense, which is one-dimensional in how they can really play, and that's largely because of because of Jokic and his limitations on that end. And then, like, at the end of the day, they need Jamal Murray to look like a borderline all-star, and he just hasn't. And he's dealing with a knee issue that uh, kept him out of the back end of their recent loss against the Nets, and then he played a ton of minutes against the Raptors and was terrible and was completely outplayed by Fred Van Vliet in that game where they were pretty much blown out the whole time. They, they clawed their way back, but um, they need Jamal Murray to be a sensational force. And we, we've seen it in glimpses this season, but we haven't seen it for sustained stretches. And that's, that's more worrisome to me than I think than a four-game losing streak. I think it's been assumed for weeks, I guess, that you know Jokic is headed for another MVP. Is 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 the MVP race now up for grabs? I think it is. Uh, Joel Embiid has been tremendous on both ends. His defense last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers on ESPN was sensational. He completely locked down the paint, um, took everything away from. Cleveland's offensive strategy, which is really to bang on the inside. And he was amazing. Obviously, he's got the 30-point streak going, and the way he kind of just physically overpowers double teams, there's no one in the league right now who does it quite like him. Uh, Giannis is having an absolutely tremendous season when he's able to play. Uh, And I think, you know, Jokic... In my opinion, if the season ended today, I would probably vote for him. But there's still, you know, a dozen games left. I think that the competition is hot on his tail. If Denver continues to lose, and I don't think they'll lose first place in the Western Conference, but if they do, then it's going to be pretty difficult, I think, in a lot of voters' minds to vote him in um, as the number one MVP. And, look, if, if Embiid continues his streak up and that team takes the number two slot, away from the Boston Celtics, I think a lot of voters will say, hey, look at his impact on the defensive end, look at the scoring, look at just the physical dominance. He's got to be the MVP this year after two straight seasons of being a runner-up to Jokic. 
Michael Pena of uh, the Ringer currently in the sports zone. Okay, on to the Suns we go. Uh, they've lost three straight now to Sacramento, Golden State, and Milwaukee. Kevin Durant reportedly will be reevaluated in two more weeks. Uh, will the Suns hold on to a playoff spot, or might they fall into the play-in spot situation in the Western Conference? Uh, you know, they're... I would be a little surprised if they fell to the seventh seed. That would mean either the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Dallas Mavericks has caught up to them. And I think there's a three game gap in the loss column right now. And you look at Phoenix's schedule, it's not super easy. They've got some tough competition up ahead, but I generally trust uh, their talent, their top three. Um, Devin Booker in particular has continued to play extremely well. Uh, the defense is a little worrisome, I will say. You know, this three-game losing streak was against three really good offenses. Kings, Warriors, and Bucks, three of the best offenses in basketball. So there's not too much to take away from there. But at the end of the day, when you lose Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, two really important pieces um, on the defensive end as well as just reliable floor spacers who can create their own shot. Um, not having Kevin Durant in the lineup is extremely glaring. Those are two key rotation pieces for the past couple of years, few years for the Phoenix Suns. So there's a lot on Devin Booker's shoulders. I think Chris Paul is going to have to be a little bit more aggressive scoring the ball. He's in a shooting slump right now. Um, that is a little, I wouldn't say worrisome, but teams are going to let him shoot, and he's got to make those shots and uh, be a little bit more aggressive. And then DeAndre Ayton needs to be a force on both ends. But I would be I would be generally still surprised if they drop um, out of the playoff picture. They could be 60. They could stay where they are, um, could get the number five and lose home court in the first round, which would not be great for them. That's not what they want, um, given everything they gave up to get Kevin Durant. But um, falling to seven, going to the play, play and I, I just don't necessarily have to. Michael, I appreciate you mentioning the defense with uh, you know, no Bridges, no Johnson, and obviously no Durant now. I've been preaching that to the masses here for a couple of weeks now, so thank you very much. <laughs> um, next up, <laughs> a couple of teams that I, I think I'm contractually, uh, I think I'm contractually obligated to ask about. In fact, let's start with the Warriors. They've been so bad defensively on the road and this deep into the season. Is that something they can change, or is that just what they are at this point? I, I, you know, I think it's what they are. I continue to think that when 100% healthy, that, is, that may be the team that, you know, you have to beat them at a chance. And Andrew Wiggins, obviously, you know, he was their second-best player throughout their run to the finals, and then in the finals, I think he was clearly their second-best player. So they haven't had him for a long stretch here. Um, I think it's sometimes 13 straight games that he's been out with a personal issue. Um, so that that matters. That can't be overlooked. Uh, but the road issues are season-long, and they've been great at home. Can't win anything on the road. Last night against the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, Steph Curry was – sensational. I've had, it was his best game of the year, I think, by far. Dropped 50 points, an efficient shooting. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers had absolutely no answer for him, and it didn't matter. Uh, they could score at will on 
Golden State's defense, and Golden State's defense is the reason that they won the championship last season. So, I don't know. Like, a lot of the same pieces are there. They're missing, you know, Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter. But uh, it's going to be a really interesting stretch run here for Golden State if they can stay on and avoid the plan. I still think in the first round, if they are healthy, that is not the team that you want to play. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green are still all playing at an exceptionally high level. And there's just an incredible pride factor with that team, with that organization. Uh, so I'm not going to give up on them just yet, but you're right to point out that on the road, their defense has just been terrible all season long, and I don't know if that necessarily – I can't guarantee that that changes. Talking NBA with Michael Pena of the Ringer. Okay, the next team I think I'm required to discuss are the Lakers. Uh, should the Western Conference you know, title contenders be concerned that the Lakers are their opening round opponent? <laughs> no, uh, not at all. I, uh, I I don't even understand where that comes from, to be honest with you. like I see how well that they've played since the trade deadline and Jared Vanderbilt is this Dennis Rodman 2.0 and D'Angelo Russell sitting shots and Malik Beasley sitting shots and that's all wonderful. Like at the end of the day, it's just like not a very good basketball team. Uh, I don't know when LeBron is coming back. Anthony Davis just keeps not playing in basketball games that are important. He didn't play last night. They lost to the Houston Rockets, a team that is trying to lose games this season. Uh, so, no, I, I mean, I, I respect their the, the depth that they've added since the trade deadline. I think I like their roster more now than before. Uh, they play hard. That's all terrific. But at the end of the day, they're not beating the Nuggets. I would take the Kings over them. I just crapped over the Grizzlies. I'd take the Grizzlies over them, Phoenix, the Clippers. Like, name anybody. I, I just think they're better basketball teams than the Los Angeles Lakers. Good answer. I need to get I need to get uh, get the Lakers part <laughs> taken out of my you know, supposed contract there. All right. Uh, I don't want to avoid the East here totally. I mean, Milwaukee was here on Tuesday night. You know, without Middleton, they beat the Suns. They've won twenty one of their last twenty three, and they've been short handed for a bunch of those games. Why have the Bucks showed so much improvement during the season, which uh, you know, certainly statistically and numerically that's true, and, and just watching them, it seems to be true. Yeah, I think the, the the easy answer is Chris Middleton came back and has been healthy, and he's been in the lineup semi-regularly. You know, he doesn't play back-to-back yet, and he's on a minutes restriction, but since January 23rd, his return in a 20-point win against the Detroit Pistons, they've only lost two games. So I, I look at that as just the obvious change in the before and after. Um, but also, you know, Brooke Lopez might win Defensive Player of the Year and is uh, shooting the three ball better than he ever has in his career. Drew Holiday should make his fifth all-defensive team. He should be a lock for that. He's amazing. Uh, very difficult physical guard. Uh, and they have Giannis. And Giannis is a man with no answers when he comes downhill for you. So uh, they're very good. They're very deep. I think the Jay Crowder acquisition, former Phoenix Sun, obviously, uh, 
is important for them and just how many different lineups they can play where they don't have to lean on some of the smaller guards they did in the playoffs last year, like Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton and Javon Carter. Um, they can play with more size and heft, and they're just a total bear on defense. They take everything away except mid-range jump shots, and uh, they're very good on that end. So when you have the talent that they do, the outside shooting, they take a ton of threes, make a lot of threes, um, and then you have Giannis, who's just been an indescribably great. Uh, you're a great basketball team, and I think that they should right now be considered the prohibitive favorite to win the championship. All right, last up, the Celtics. You know, they've had uh, players in and out of the lineup. They've split their last 10 games. Back to my favorite question, I guess, uh, especially in the NBA this season, this is my favorite question. Uh, let's go the Celtics, reason for concern or no big deal. I don't think the sky is falling on Boston. I think that uh, when healthy, they are, you know, I just said that the Bucks right now should be the primitive favorite. I do believe that. But I also think that in a seven-game series, um, if Rob Williams is available, if Al Horford looks spry, uh, that the Boston Celtics can easily beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They have an incredible offense when they play with pace. When they play with like a, a an assertiveness in the half court, Jason Tatum is amazing on both ends. And when he's on the court, they're really difficult to stop. And they can play so many different lineups. Uh, they've got outside shooting. They've got guard play. They've got playmakers. They basically have an all defensive team in their rotation. Uh, Derek White, Marcus Smart. Al Horford, Rob Williams, Tatum, Jalen Brown, who's been uh, on a heater recently. Just they're they're such a talented team. They went to the finals last year. So, despite how up and down they've been since the All Star break, I still think that this team should have championship aspirations and can certainly win it all. Michael, great stuff. I really appreciate it. I look forward to doing it again. Thanks. Thank you.